Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama, the podcast that amplifies diverse voices and celebrates shared experiences. Hosted by me, Ritzy P, a Latina creative entrepreneur with a background in art, music, and new web technologies. From Academy Award and Emmy winners to talented healers, passionate activists, innovative artists, and visionary builders, Word to Your Mama attracts a grip of dope individuals who embody the rich diversity of my multicultural tribe. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Is there a chance this podcast could be explicit? Please believe it. Word to Your Mama drops every Monday. In this episode, we have Miracle E-Team Andy, a young black woman, PhD student and graduate research assistant. She is currently a graduate student at the University of Maryland, doing her studies in information studies, social technical science with community centric design, concentrating on human rights, social justice, ethics and policy. In this episode, you will hear Her side of the story of how we met, which is very interesting, right? Because there's always the different sides of the story. So that would be very interesting. Being first in her family to attend college and what that experience was like. Is it positive or negative in the beginning and where we are now? Skipping her master's and going straight to become a PhD student. Remembering the importance of the continuing the hard work as a black woman from a certain socioeconomical background balancing herself and pull it while pulling up others, the importance of therapy and being a hundred percent real with the initial struggles of starting that process. Now, I said I was going to mention just a few of the things that she accomplished just in her undergrad studies. She was a smart center tutor, the head ambassador of marketing events. Uh, she was also a research student assistant there. She was also the black wings leader of rewriting the code. She did multiple interns, including one at the Georgia Institute of Technology, one at Wake Forest, and the list goes on and on and on. So a little BTS when someone is a guest here on Word to Your Mama, I have them fill out, of course, for legality reasons, for legal reasons, a guest release form. And I asked them, what is their title and company? Like, how would they want to be listed? Right. So she put mentee and friend. And yes, that is a very, very, very true. As you hear in this episode, how we met. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, I say that I don't want to get into in depth how much it's been an honor and a joy for her to be a part of my life because I will start bawling. And it's it's the truth. I'm so beyond proud of Miracle. And I feel this episode, her sharing her story and the conversation that we have is super important because it is evidence, proof positive that sharing your story is important because you never know where your story is going to land, who it's going to inspire and how it can help. Like I said, I'm so proud of her. I'm honored that she asked me to be her mentor. And it was super cute when she did. 
And I was thinking to myself, well, this is, isn't this what we've been doing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it was, so, no one's ever asked me, like I've been mentors, but it's through programs where you just know that that's what you're there for. So I'm very honored that she asked me, but I'm even more honored that she is a friend and that we can have all these different conversations and that I have her in my life. The Supernatural Bear and I had the honor and the privilege to virtually, because we, we weren't able to make it out there uh, on the East Coast, to watch her graduate. And, you know, you know how before they do the graduation for the masses, they do the different ones with the different honors. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Multiple times for Miracle. Super proud because where she was at when we met, to where she's at now, to seeing the work that she put in, that we all have to do no matter what age. She inspires me and I see a lot of myself in her. It's a beautiful thing and I hope that so many people of different age brackets, you know, hear this episode and are inspired by this amazing young woman that is a leader already and that is going to make and bring an even bigger impact uh, create a bigger impact for so many because she's already I know for a fact because she's done it for me but I know all the work that she's done for herself and for um, others while her, being an undergrad and now what she's doing is going to have an even larger impact so yes Let's get into this. But before we do, I have a little note from the Supernatural Bear since he's, you know, no longer doing the live Supernatural Bear corners. He says that uh, that you've inspired my mother and vice versa. You're the Peter Parker. You're the the a true friend to my mother and a worthy protege. I am so proud of you. That's from a recently turned 11 year old that is going on 40. So, yeah, that's a little something for Miracle before we get into this combo. Let's start it off. Miracle. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So I I mentioned it before, but this is a long time coming because I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. But I was like, you know, let's wait till she graduates so we can get this insight and let's see where she's at and the growth and all that stuff. But first, let's start off the way we always start off. How are you? Como estás? I'm good. I'm really good. Today's a good day. Sun is shining. It's warm outside, and I feel good. It's good to hear. Good to hear. You're smiling as always. I love it. Your smile is so great. Um, yeah. So let's start by letting the folks know where you're, you know, where you were born and where you grew up. Yeah. So um, I was born in Camden, New Jersey, um, raised mostly in Trenton and around Trenton. Um, until I was about like seven, eight, nine, maybe. And then I moved to North Carolina, uh, a small city. Um, my grandma used to always say, 
people only come there to retire. <laughs> so that's where my family, that's where my mom's family is from. So we moved back down there um, when I was about eight or nine. Um, and yeah, I've been in North Carolina since then. Um, and now I just moved to Maryland. So yeah. Nice. Congrats. Tell the folks why you're in Maryland. <laughs> so um, I recently got accepted into a PhD program up here. I'm at the University of Maryland College Park, so I'll be here for the next foreseeable future, five to seven years. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Thank you. So this is we're we're in this is gonna be recorded in July, a mid mid July. And so we're what, two months maybe post graduation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know, I think this would be I think this is this is a different episode than than others because of the, our relationship and how we met and stuff like that. So I want to I want to hear your side, your rendition, your version of how we met. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um well, it was uh was it September? I think it was like September of 2020 right um we just came back to school from the pandemic my school my undergrad was super small um so when everybody was still doing remote stuff we ended up coming back right that that same august um there were a few classes that i had like in online but for the most part they were in person um but i was really missing that like community feel of like being around people all the time and especially like in high school, I was around people all the time. Um, so uh, I turned to like online stuff to kind of find more people, not in like a meeting type people, meeting up with type people, but like just being around people, hearing people's ideas and conversations, different things like that. And I was just free balling just a bunch of online conferences, right? Because 2020, everybody was online and a lot of people were often get for free. So it's like, sure, I'll listen to this while I do my homework. I'll listen to this as I get ready or whatever. Um, and in my undergrad, at this point in time, I think I was double majoring in exercise science and computer science. And um, I was in my, my techie bag. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I found Wonder Woman Tech because... Um, the representation of women in tech as well. And I, I was looking for women in tech community spaces specifically. Um, and yeah, I saw the lineup list. I didn't know anybody on the lineup. So I was just like, oh, I'll just see what happens. I'll listen to some people, whatever, right? And then I meet this wonderful individual, right? I, I go to her uh, session. I actually don't remember what her session was about. I don't remember the title. I don't remember what made me click on it. But I was like, I put it like a reminder for me to listen to, right? So I was like, okay. Um, but the time that your session was for was also the time I had to go um, to the athletic training room to do some of my rehab because I was injured. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll listen later. Da 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 da. So I was like, no, I'll I'll download Discord on my phone and I'll listen as I go. So I downloaded it and I'm walking. And like people are talking to me, interrupting me, trying to listen. So I could only get like every few minutes of it. But um, I really got to sit down 
during the like Q&A portion and like everybody had stopped moving and stopped bothering me. And I don't remember like how the question was posed or even like who asked a question, but your response was something about like your relationship with your family um, and like specifically around college and like how they perceived you when you went away for college and different things like that. And like, I don't, I don't want to say it triggered something in me, but I was like, oh, I know this story, right? <laughs> but I had never heard anyone else have that same experience as me, mm. right? So I was like, oh, like, she knows. <laughs> so I was like, I want to see what else she knows. Um, and again, I can't remember the specific follow-up question that I asked, but um, I think it has something to do maybe about like managing those relationships or like, how do you, I don't know, move forward with something like that. But yeah. And then we, after that, um, I think a few days later or something, I ended up following you on LinkedIn and the rest is history. (laughs) You know what? That I didn't even know that till right now that you how you even came upon the the lesson and that you were walking you around people and had you had you ever been on discord before that moment um I had been on discord for a hackathon that I had did Mm. yeah that was the only other time Yeah. yeah I didn't know that I didn't know that all that happened like you know while you were listening and it was just like random but random but maybe not so random and meant to be yeah. because I remember and and when I when I, I talk about you a lot and I I, I tell the story I, I was like it was my first time I didn't even know what the what the hell discord was you know like I had heard it but I was like ah, what do I do and then you know to learn how to set it up and everything like that um and I remember it, it was a pandemic I remember I did it in the closet <laughs> And, and I didn't know what to expect. Cause I was like, this is different, right. To do it virtually. Cause I've just been used to doing speaking engagements in person. So it was interesting. And then I remember you, and I remember there was open for questions and there were some people that had questions, but they didn't, they didn't set up their mic correctly. Cause also it was their first time on discord and mm-hmm. you had asked something about, um, being the first in your family for, you know, for those listening, I'm sure so many can relate. It was a question regarding how do you deal with family members, people in your neighborhood that, you know, their, their reaction to you being the first to go to college is not what you expected. (laughs) Right. And how you deal with that. And then, so, so then I was able to answer my answer was, you know, what I tell a lot of people is just like, it has nothing to do with you, has everything to do with them. And some will come around because that's what happened to me. Some <laughs> came around because they were okay and they dealt with their shit, you know, and they apologized or, you know, they came around by maybe not apologizing, but, but you know, giving me kudos or saying shit, you know, in their own way. And then some never do. And that's okay. And you don't want them to be around you. But I, I do remember saying something that there's going to be people in your in your neighborhood that you may never even talk to or never hear back from that are going to see you do 
what you said you're set out to do and you're going to inspire them or you're you're going to be the representation like and that's powerful and you may never know right so and then I remember you reached out to me and I was like oh yeah she's the one to ask me the question and then it's been I I still like I was so oblivious to time and I know the pandemic really messed us out all up but I remember you I was like when are you graduating you're like May I was like what <laughs> I was like, I th- I swore you had another year. I swore my knees had another year. And here we are. Like you guys both graduated. It is just time went by so crazy. And also, I guess also because I thought you were a f- freshman that year, but you're a sophomore when we met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was another miscalculation. So I wanted to, you know, I thought it was very important to have you on because, you know, being a uh, a, uh, a woman of color, be, you being a black young woman in these spaces that there's one, not that many women, two, not that many women of color, three, not that many black women. Can you remember how you felt that year that we met? And then how you feel now, the progression and all the work that you've done because in the intro to this that you won't hear unless you listen to this episode i'm listing all the like a a fraction of the things that you were a part of in your time at school the leadership the value provided the the experiences the opportunities you provided for so many in the space what was the progression what have you learned and was there anything surprising from your time? Ooh, very loaded question. Um, <laughs> let me think. Where do I start? Um, twenty twenty was a rough year. Like I usually, right? Okay, so I'm a uh, compartmental person right I like to keep my stuff <laughs> nice and neat and separate and in 2020 everything started getting mixed together and like starting to deal with it it was I realized that me compartmentalizing things like wasn't only happening in my head but also like in my heart right and right. the the me that I chose to present to family and the me that I chose to present to my friends and then the me I chose to let show up in academic spaces were different. But I definitely think like being in one place for the majority of the time, being in my room, those people were all confused at the same time, right? So like <laughs> <laughs> this like idea of self was really shaky. And mm-hmm. like dealing with um, having to face issues from my home life. I remember like Zooming one of my professors when I was at home, right? And being like, yo, I, I'm so sorry. I cannot do this. Like mm-hmm. this is, this academic work is more draining to me because I'm away. And I know a lot of people also struggle with that, like the pandemic. Um, 
anywhere from like elementary to college student, like being right. home. And, and you saw a lot of programs rolling out where like people, companies were offering like free Wi-Fi or like, oh, come to our library and like have this space to study. But there wasn't really a lot of that for me. For me. And um, one of the things that I don't talk about like as much <laughs> as like my academic career is like my growing up, right? Like mm. when visually, right? And like when you put your pronouns on your thing, like people can see like I'm black, I'm a woman, right? But class also had a big effect. So mm. being from a low income background, really like it started to show. Right. And middle school, I went to um, like a college preparatory school um, that was like a charter school. Right. I went to school from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. in the afternoon. And I was up at 6.45 on the bus. So my whole day was at school. Right. Then for high school, I went to boarding school. So my whole 10 months of the year was at school and then college all this time was at school. So I didn't necessarily have to face, you know, those social economic things that had a effect on my education and my mental because I was really good at compartmentalizing. Right. So in the pandemic and being in these spaces and having to deal with not only being black and being a woman, but also being poor, it, it really reminded me one how important it is for me to continue to like do the hard work, right? right? I have to show up extra hard in the classroom, right? Ask more questions. And luckily, like my academic background had gave me the tools that I needed to do that, but it wasn't as simple as that, right? Because I recognize that I'm going through these problems and I recognize that other people like me are going through these problems who don't have the resources that I have now. So helping them get the tools that they need. So it I spent a lot of time working on myself, but at the same time trying to pull other people up, which was definitely exhausting, (laughs) but like I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity any other time than a pandemic because a lot of things were like online and remote. Right. Mm. And during the pandemic also is when I found RTC or rewriting the code and I started my work with them. Um, And I really got into my um, student government bag and helping other students find community and opportunities and having events where you're able to socialize and um, study groups and tutoring spaces and things like that. Things that were important to me and helped me. I wanted to make sure that other people got that too. Um, And being able to show up and represent and kind of share a little bit. At at this point, I think I started sharing more about myself because before it was just like, oh, I'm just showing up to class. Oh, Miracle knows the answer because Miracle studied. Miracle, yeah, Miracle studied, but Miracle is also dealing with other things. So being able to have those conversations with people about like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, but this is only the part of, of what you see. And having a camera in my room to show that level of vulnerability, I think really helped me feel the necessity and see the necessity of not hiding myself from the world so over the next two years after the pandemic it was really crunch time about like okay now who is miracle when miracle is not in school and you definitely helped me a lot um and your push for me to get professional help um and start like unearthing a lot of this stuff and like 
really going through all of it really um, gave me the opportunity to unpack um, and pick the pieces that I'm, I want to wear every day. Um, so I don't know if that actually, that was a loaded question and I no, feel like no, this it, it, it <laughs> does, No, it, it did. I, I think you, you, you said it well, you, you spoke from the heart of the, the growth. The fact that you, one, knew that you were known and prone to compartmentalize and that you were forced to deal with it. And even though being forced to deal with it, you could have been shut down. You could have maybe even made the borders of your containers even stronger, right? Like it, there, there's different ways you could have navigated that. But the growth that I saw has been tremendous. And that's me just knowing bits and pieces that you share with me and not seeing you do the work, you know, and, and I mean, let's talk, let's, let's give you kudos about graduating, um, going to college, graduating scholar, like all kinds. I mean, like you were like just draped with all kinds of things and special mentions and then, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, let's skip master's, getting a master. Let's go straight to getting, you know, being a, you know, first uh, year PhD, you know, like candidate. Like, come on. Like, this is amazing. Like, I, I don't know. I want to make sure that you understand how amazing this is, how amazing you are and how I'm so happy that you said, oh, I'm going to do the work. I'm not going to give up, you know. There's all these points where you could have, there's still points, right? I always try to, I, at least I hope I try to tell you like, look, I'm like <laughs> over twice your age and there's still moments of like figuring stuff out. And that's why I think these conversations are so important, right? Your generation is having the same issues. Our gener my generation is having the same issues, right? Unresolved things from when we were your age. So that's why I always tell you, the miracle, the work that you're doing now, like you're going to be in so much better space because you're already figuring those things out, you know? So anyways. Wait, I, I do want to add, right? See. Building the walls stronger <laughs> was actually, <laughs> that was my first, that was the first thing I tried to do. <laughs> Before I started doing the work, I actually tried to, you know, just be done with it, right? But that didn't work out well for me. So I, I, I really felt forced. I don't know, like, exactly. I think part of the force was, like, wanting better for, especially, like, my younger cousins and stuff than I have for myself was one of the forces. Right. Like, there were times, even, like, every single year, things got really hard. And it would have been so much easier to give up. Right. And, like, I, but... It, it started getting visceral. Like I started feeling it in my body, like, okay, you can't. And I think the real kickoff point for me to recognize that this, these walls that I'm building are not going to last long is when I got injured in October of 2020. And I got into a car accident. I got a really bad concussion. And um, in college, I was an athlete. I was an academic. I was doing all these things, ripping and running and ripping and running. That concussion put me on my back and I couldn't go to class anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't even read. Like I couldn't 
play my sport anymore. I couldn't go to all of these events and having to sit and be left alone with my thoughts and like thinking, okay, like who, who is miracle when I'm not all of these things that looks nice and shiny and like, you know, to get the accolades. I've never been one for like all the accolades, but you know, all you know to do is to do stuff in order to like build your resume and like show that you're good at things like that but I'm like what if I don't want to be what if I just want to enjoy um and that definitely pushed me to be like okay now you need to start working or else you're gonna hit you're gonna keep hitting that wall I, I hit the wall several times the same wall I was like, yeah, this is, I'm done with this. Turn back around. The wall is still there. I said, oh, well, the, <laughs> the only way up, the only way out is, is through. So, right. Um, so, and I'm still going through, but there I am. Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears, which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. But but going through and that's that's what I've learned in life and especially through therapy and to hear you say it and for others to hear it. That's it. It's through. You can't numb it. You can't pretend it's not there. It's going to come out somehow, some way and in in opportune times. Um, so quickly, before we get into the questions that comes from the audience and, and the, the rapid fire questions. How tell the folks listening. What was your route when you knew that you wanted to go in the direction of your studies in college? And and then what pivot did you have to do to for your PhD? It seems like it's all kind of rooted in the same place, but where was your route when you were in boarding school or maybe even younger that you're like, oh, this is I'm into this? Mm-hmm. Um everything happens so progressively it's it's always fun to tell so if you would have asked me what I wanted to be when I was like five or six I would have told you I wanted to be a doctor lawyer right I've always been super attuned to this idea of like 
wanting to help people, right? And like even even now, I'll say like, yes, I have this career that I'm gunning for, right? I want to be a social, cultural, technical research scientist. But at the end of the day, if there was no title and there was no money to be made or different things like that, I want to be a good person, right? right. I want to help people. And I'm grateful, extremely grateful that one, I know, and B, I've been, I mean, <laughs> one, I know, and two, I've been afforded <laughs> the opportunity to pursue this, like, career that I feel so called to do, right? Um, in high school, um, I thought I wanted to be an athletic trainer, right? I had a, a athletic trainer, um, basically like the person that helps you when you're an athlete, if you get injured or like you need your ankle tape or something like that, right? Um, I had a really good one um, and his name was Eddie. He was fantastic. Um, and he made sure that we were well. He helped us, right? Yeah. Um, I was like, I want to do that, right? My junior year, I did a internship at an indoor track and I worked with the athletic trainer. There was just too much blood. There was too many feet. And I said, this is not going to work <laughs> at all. Right? Too many feet. <laughs> too many feet. I, 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 I was not doing well. Um, and there were like runner's feet too, right? And runner's feet. I, I did try. Runner's feet, they're, they're different. <laughs> runner's feet and football players' feet. I just, I don't, I don't mess with those. Um, and so, and I remember like talking to, um, one of the hot counselors, basically, um, our house mom, Miss Joe, and I was telling her about like how I was interested in sports stuff and like, but athletic training wasn't for me. And I don't know, I don't think I explicitly told her I was interested in research, but I, I kind of told her I was interested in like sports science. And she said, I think I know someone who may be able to help you. So she said, I worked with this lady at Winston-Salem State University. Um, which is one of the HBCUs that was close to my school. Um, and she was like, I'll reach out to her and see what she says, right? Um, so then that next year, I ended up working um, doing as like a research assistant. Really, I, I, I wasn't, because I was a kid. I was 17 at the time. <laughs> but as like a, a research assistant to um, Dr. Brown, who is at uh, Winston-Salem State University, and she took me under her wing, and she was like, okay, like, this is what research is. Um, they were working on a, a, a project called Weight Matters, um, which is like a weight management program that was for um, mostly African-American people in the um, area. Um, and it was an 18-week intervention, um, and they worked really in and like getting people, um, basically meeting people where they are and helping them recognize like why, like, yes, losing weight is important, but also like being able to manage your weight is important and like how to use the means that you have. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of times in a weight management space or like even in the exercise science health space, it's like, all right, get a gym membership, like eat salads and <laughs> drink water every day. But like, that's not everybody's truth. And like, the the thing that really hit me hard was <clears throat> the fact that like in at boarding school I was I was already in this separate space like this is a, a prestigious like predominantly white all girls school and 
these girls are like rich, rich. I'm not rich, rich. Well, they're rich, rich. I, I'm there. I'm here on scholarship and vibes only. But their parents were like putting down real money. Um, but like there, I was in one space. But when I was in the community with Dr. Brown, like working with community members, I was in another space. One, one, I felt it felt recognizable. Like these were the neighborhoods I was in. These were the people. These were my family members, right? I recognized them. Right. And like being able to see them from <clears throat> a researcher standpoint, but also recognize myself in them, um, being whether they were low income or whether they were black or whether they were women, like that was one of the first times I had seen myself in like kind of this dual space, right? Which I thought was really interesting. So <clears throat> I really leaned into like that community work aspect. And, and that's something that I've carried with me throughout the entire time. So when I got to my undergrads, I actually started with a, a major in exercise science, um, which is what I graduated with. Um, and my concentration was in human performance. Um, a lot of like measurements and evaluations of health and how we engage with health and some of like the social determinants of health, right? How your economics affect your health and your ecosystems and your spirituality and different things like that, that had been introduced to me when I worked with Dr. Brown when I was 17. Um, and being able to see that in real life and then in the books and then back in real life, it was interesting. All of this is interesting, right? Um, and at the time I also had a minor in computer science. So I was doing a little bit of the programming stuff. Um, but the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, tech is the future. Like tech is how we connect. Um, but this is, this is, there's something not quite right about technology. Like, um, I remember I was in a class and it was called like cardiovascular training, right? And as part of the class, you were supposed to be training for a 5K and the teacher had us download this app um, and it was cool, but I had to go home and I don't come from a safe space. So I'm in a neighborhood trying to run and use this app, but I can't go outside by myself because it's not safe. So how do you use an app that's not built for you and not built for your community? Right. And those were the questions that I started to ask. Um, so again, that was like my freshman, sophomore year, my junior year. Um, at this point I had called Dr. Brown again. I said, Dr. Brown, I'm at this school. I went to, uh, my college was predominantly white and it was a private college too. So while there was less of like a socioeconomic, um, difference between the students than my high school, there was still a big difference. And I was like, these people they don't understand me <laughs> like they they don't get me they don't see me I wasn't feeling seen um and it was making it really difficult for me to like function because I could do the schoolwork right I was keeping up academically but I wasn't being fed or felt like spiritually um and that was really important for me right I wasn't finding friends or, or my community like I needed to. Um, and Dr. Brown brought me on again for a project that she was doing calling, called Project Reach, which was research um, engagement addressing community health. So back to the community health aspect. It was me. She had some students from Winston-Salem State University and North Carolina A&T, which are both like historically black colleges um, and universities that are located in North Carolina. Um, and 
as like minority students, we got community activists and community health workers and other professors from other universities to come and talk to us about why this stuff is important and have these important conversations with us about why our representation as community researchers and um, what was important and why we needed people that look like us and live like us to be a part of the conversation, especially when it came to structuring the way that we live, right? Um, and I, I, I reached back into my tech bag and I was like, I'm going to design an app that looks at like mapping out different health spaces, um, whether it be grocery stores or parks or different things like that, where people can get what they need. Um, but then as I started to design, I was like, first of all, did anybody even ask for this? Yes. No. <laughs> Do the people even want this? Yes. No. Is this even safe for the people, right? The last thing I want to do is build something that's not safe and makes the people feel uncomfy. And at the time, there was a lot of conversations about artificial intelligence and um, mapping and triangulation and different things like that. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do anything that I am not sure, or at least I don't feel strongly can be beneficial, right? So then I started reading things like algorithms of oppression and um, artificial unintelligence and really books that discuss like why how technology as we know it is not technology as it actually is right how can people misuse it how is it biased how does it have unintentional consequences right and that's that combined with my love for community health combined with my, not necessarily the health portion of community health, but more the wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Well-being, like holistic well-being, right? Um, it is where I am right now. And that's really where my, the work that I want to move forward, um, like looks at, it looks at how can we use technology to mitigate systematic and structural oppression, right? Like when we're talking about food deserts or violence or education or any of these social determinants of health that I talked about in my health class, right? How can we answer these social problems with a technical solution, right? Um, and yeah, that's 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 kind of where I am. That's that's the build up. <laughs> Nice. And that kind of goes into um, the section of questions and comments from the audience. It's the question is with access to social media platforms, seemingly increasingly increasing the noise and negativity in many cases, how can technology help bring clarity and unity to our global community without being policed to the point of censorship? And that question is from episode 46 guest Rocka Taylor this is scary guys I haven't got my PhD yet (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a student no um okay yeah this is (laughs) that's a really oh my goodness where are these questions coming from I was not expecting this um (laughs) hmm Right. This is this is my personal opinion, right? No, nobody said this yet. Um, I think that it's it's definitely one of those things where education is important, but education from p- 
people that want you to be fully educated is even more important, right? So it's it's largely about, I guess, having the right people in the right space to say what's needed and then giving people the opportunity to make their own decisions with the knowledge that they have, right? And a lot of that goes into autonomy mm. and giving people the opportunity to, one, make choices about what happens to them, right? Even if they're not the ones doing it, right? Even if it's not a bunch of black and brown programmers at a tech company, right? If it's people in the community and a new app is rolling out, they understand what this app is, how this app affects them, how their data is being tracked, and they can make the choice whether or not to use this app. Right. Right. And a lot of I feel like a lot of technology now is is just pushed on to people. They're like, oh, if I don't use Instagram, I won't have access to my family type situation. But and that that may be true. Like, I think social media does a, a great job of connecting people. But there's <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it that the tech companies don't say and the people just don't know. Um, and when it comes to censorship and stuff, I think there's a balance. I can't tell you where the balance is, but you want to make sure that people are using social media like positively, mm. as positively as they, they can and they want to, but everything is so subjective, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> who says what's good and who says what's bad. But I think at the end of the day, like just making sure that people know what they're getting themselves into and trying to make conscious technology and conscious social media and having conscious conversations that use language that people understand. Yeah. Allowing the folks to make an informed decision to be like, this is what I'm getting into. This is what I'm signing up for. Mm -hmm. Um, these are you know there's age limits why is there an age limit minimum you know or whatever um there's a lot of things that we're all trying to figure out and and navigate and I think that it's very important another reason why I wanted to have you on is because it's very important that we have people that look like us that understand that come from the places we come from in these places of programming building overseeing making decision making of tech because we're here the train is already left <laughs> we are here folks and I think that's what people I think a lot of us especially in our communities don't understand I feel like we're aligned as far as being really community forward um and and you know being um advocates for our communities in in this tech-centric world and we're trying to un- make people understand like there's places for research, there's places for jobs, there's, you know, all these different opportunities where you can actually really make a difference. It might not seem that that's possible, but it is. It's like, just like in any industry, the film, music, it's like, what can we do, right? So we're not just the face, because you said that's what happens, but that we're actually making decisions so that 
facial recognition uh, health apps can detect <laughs> just basic stuff like our, our skin, you know, all, all the shades. Uh, there's so many different things like that that have to be taken into consideration. But if the people that are in positions of power, decision making that are building that they're they don't look like us so they don't know it or and b don't don't give a fuck then there you have it it's it's not for us right so um that's why it's super important so let's get into the not so rapid fire questions the aka slow as hell questions to wrap it on up are you ready miracle yes yes i am three words to describe yourself <laughs> this is my least favorite question ever um <laughs> Next to tell me about yourself. I don't know. <laughs> but this is shorter. Just boom, boom, boom. Okay. Three three words, right? Um passionate. I'm super passionate about everything that I do. I'm not gonna there sometimes there are things like you do for the sake of doing to be able to help you to get to do what you want to do. Right. But I do so much better in spaces when I'm passionate about what I'm doing. You can definitely tell the difference. Same. Um, I'm funny. I love to laugh. I love to smile. Um, my best friend told me last night, she said, you'll laugh at a wall if you look at it too long. <laughs> Walls are funny sometimes. Um, but I, I enjoy humor and I enjoy like that lightheartedness. Um, and then the third one, um, let me think. I don't say it often, right? And I, I, I actually don't like saying it, but I actually think I'm, I'm pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't say it often, if you think it often, that's what matters. Because you are, Miracle. Well, you are. You definitely are. I like those three. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, so much advice. You know, I... I my my better mind is telling me to tell the people something you said, but you already dropped so many gems here. I don't want to take any shine from you. So I'll share I'll share something someone else said to me. Um, one of my mentors um, from my undergrad, um, and I still talk to her now. She her name's Doctor Smith. She's amazing. She she's a yogi, right? And when I was like peak anxiety trying to make decisions and I just I couldn't shake my mind to make some of the like I guess big girl choices <laughs> that was being required of me um she told me she said there are only two actual outcomes right to any choice that you make something good and something bad and having it simplified to that capacity really helped me like be okay with a lot of the big choices that I have to make or I feel like I have to make like by myself right like actually that's a lie she told me <laughs> there are three things something good something bad and nothing at all <laughs> but I don't believe in nothing at all because something there's always something even if that you doing nothing it has positive negative. anyway see look at me messing up her advice um but yeah something <laughs> good something bad and nothing at all if if I can simplify any choices to 
okay, what's the worst really bad? What's the best really good? And what's the absolutely like me staying here and doing nothing? What does that look like? Okay, where do I want to be? Yes, no, let's go. It's, it's yes, better said no, than done. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, so final question. What song do you listen to to get you hyped when you need it? Um, I think I'm going to do my, my pre-warm-up playlist for track. <laughs> Can I give two? Yeah, of okay. course. Okay. Um, the first one, uh, Not Friendly by Flo Millie. It's probably top. And then... The second one would be Ain't My Fault by Trouble featuring Boozy Badass. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. We'll be adding those two to the Word to Your Mama guest hype list song, hype song list. I mess it up every single time. <laughs> um, and then that will be put up to the, to the top of the list. So before we head out, Miracle, tell the folks what, however much you want to share of what you're studying, what your research is based on for your PhD program at the University of Maryland? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I've totally went far left from what I studied in my undergrad, um, not studying exercise science or anything uh, health-related, actually. Um, I'm going full force social technical science. Um, my program is information studies. Um, and my research will be community-centered, um, community-centered design. Um, I have an amazing advisor. I'm so excited to work with her. I don't think she knows what she got herself into because, <laughs> boy, am I a hoot. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully she'll, she'll love me just as much as I, I'm, I'm wanting to enjoy her. Um, her name is um, Dr. Sheena Rete. She does a lot of work, and um, she's done a lot of work in uh, – building technologies for violence prevention and um, edu CS education in um, Black and Hispanic girls um, or for Black and Hispanic girls. Uh, and um, really hoping to learn from her and apprentice with her. Um, I want my work to also focus on community and minorities um, with the emphasis on low income um, and black and brown communities um, and building technologies that can help them mitigate systematic and structural oppression, as well as um, helping them get a say in um, artificial intelligence and building artificial intelligence that's culturally sensitive and culturally competent um, that we can. It, it's already coming. <laughs> technology is already here. So I want to make sure that the technology that we're infusing is the best, most positive most culturally competent um, and well-treating, well-behaving um, technology, machine learning, and artificial intelligence as we can. And and that's that's a that's a grip of stuff. And <laughs> I know that you're going to because you're so like you said you mentioned you're so passionate. And if you're passionate about something, there's no limit to anything. So. I know that you're going to, you've already provided so much value and impacted so many lives just in the time that I've known you. 
for you to be at this next level, to be working together with amazing women, women, women of color, black women in these spaces. I mean, it gives me so much hope. And I hope that those that are listening, it does the same. How can people, if people want to get a hold of you, follow you, where can they do that? I'll make sure to put in the show notes. Yeah. Um, uh, my Instagram, <laughs> I don't post a lot, but it's um, at Miracle, um, L-U-C-I-N-A, which is my name. Um, and then on LinkedIn, you can find me at Miracle Eats and Andy. I'm the only Miracle Eats and Andy on the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> you can find me there. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And um, you, I'll never have all the words and vocabulary to express how much you mean to me and how much you've helped me. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. You're just so amazing. And even though I'm, I've never met Ritzy in person, I've never <laughs> met you in person, but I can, the vibe is palpable through the screen, through the phone all the time. And I love it. But yeah. Thank you so much, Miracle. The words mean the most to me. And hopefully I'll be meeting you this November, Crossing Fingers. And that's going to be one for the books for fucking sure. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. I've told you all the things. I don't want to say it because I will start bawling. Uh, And and there's so many episodes where I cry. No one needs more. Um, but you know how I feel about you and thank you so much for being on here to share your story. And, you know, I just, I know it in my bones, you're going to be doing amazing work and continue this building, this amazing legacy. So when people, you know, way far in advance are like, oh, miracle. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, all this stuff, da, 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 da. you know, cause already, I mean, just impacting my life has been tremendous so thank you so much and uh yeah i I keep i'll keep the people posted i i I mentioned (laughs) you here and there on on the podcast so uh you know i'm excited for people to 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 watch you and continue to to not just grow but you know thrive and stuff so thank you so much miracle absolutely thank you and now introducing the supernatural bear corner. Supernatural bear. This song goes out to all the people who love yams. Hit it! Can I get to the yams? Sweet yams. Show me the way. Cause I got bills to pay. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Episode 145 with Miracle. How inspiring. How motivating. I told you. I mean, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've lied (laughs) for any of these episodes. Dope people, quality people. People that want to give back to this world and not just take from it, right? People that have a vision that includes others. Like, before I phone out on this world, how can I make the biggest impact? How can I help the most people ever? Love it.
Muchísimas gracias, Miracle. I'm excited to stay connected and hopefully cross fingers that I will be seeing her this November as I go to Capitol Hill for the first time for something else. And I'll talk about that later once it's confirmed that I am going this year, finally, since I missed last year. But yes, this is also the first episode that we have since the Supernatural Bear has retired. So as you can see, the Supernatural Bear Corner is still in full effect, but it's just going to be songs and things that he's done throughout the years. No explanation. Just boom. It could be a new track. It could be an old track. It could be, you know, his uh, cover. It's our cover together of Sweet Yams. Who's to say? But as far as him coming out and, and talking about anything new, that's going to be on special occasions. So look out for that. But yes, this is the first episode and it works. It works. Still an homage to, to my little men. If you haven't, please go back and listen to episode 144, which is his retirement, you know, going out with the bang. Full-blown episode. It's his first time being a guest. My youngest guest to date. He was 10 about to be 11 in a couple of days when we recorded the episode. So definitely check that out. And uh, one thing I want to mention, I don't know if I mentioned on other p previous podcasts, is that I have a new website, kids. Check it out. Check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes, as always. And you know all the ways to you can help, the free ways, the, the paid ways. You could buy something via our store. You know, the holidays are coming up and... Oh, I keep forgetting I got to put the brand new enamel pins, the Stevie Wonder pins. Those are going to be going up soon if they're not already up there by the time you check the link out. we I think we're sold out of the, of the prints and the previous first illustration of Stevie Wonder enamel pins. I think we're also sold out of the Supernatural Birds Voltron pins. But we're going to be restocking that hopefully soon with uh, some other things and I'm looking for a great vendor with that I can have more quality control when it comes to the t-shirts everyone's been asking about the new iteration of I am my ancestors vengeance so I definitely want to have that out before the holiday shopping spree so that you guys can rock them you know rock them to the family events rock them to the other events um, one of the ways you can help out is you know Tell your folks, tell your peeps, tell your friends. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, I want to email us. You want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritzyperrowinkle.com. Make sure to follow Word to Your Mama on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcast, or download the Latina Podcasters Network app. <laughs>